Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence, your anointing, and that we get to come in and boldly go before your throne of grace where we find mercy and receive grace to help in time of need. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord. Let our tongues, Kenzie and I, be like a, the pen of a ready writer, Lord. Uh, we thank you for divine utterance, and Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you can take this message and split it a million ways, Lord, um, to suit your people, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your precious saints that are here with us. We thank you, Lord, that for anyone that might be here that doesn't know you yet, and we lift them up, I thank you, Lord, for revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we all say amen and amen. Praise God. Well, we won't be going into Brisbane Broncos, unfortunately, against my better wishes, but what we will be sharing on... uh, We'll be continuing on our series. Uh, just to start off, uh, let's look at our text scripture for this series. It's found in 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Um, I'll start from verse 2. It says, Grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, be multiplied to you in the true intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through the true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That is quite a big scripture to unpack because in, in here we see Peter saying that we have everything necessary for this powerful life. I like the footnote of the, the Passion Translation which says that Everything we need to reflect God's true nature has already been given to us. That's quite a statement. Aren't you, aren't you thankful that there is a rich deposit when we receive Christ into our hearts and make him Lord of our lives? And uh, there, there are other places in, uh, in the New Testament, in the epistles, that talk about there's like this rich depth. There are spiritual blessings and everything that we need to, be, uh, to live a powerful life. Uh, turn with me, if you may, to Ephesians 1, verse 3. Let's have a, another look at what's, what this promise holds. Can we just look at his Bible? Isn't that a great Bible? It's been used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it used to be like a bit darker and a bit more leathery, but now it's like got a bit nice fur. Now we've gone to phones, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> Praise God. Well, um, Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Can you say every with me? Every. Every. And every means... Every, every means every. Every means every. Every means all. Every means every. It's, it's, that's a really tough Greek one. The, uh, that's uh, ancient Hebrew, what every means. Praise God. Let's look at another one. So already we can tell Paul is saying that there's... There's some richness in this depth to the Christian life and the life of the believer. Uh, Let's look at one more just to paint this picture of what we're we're wanting to tap into. Uh, In in verse 4 of Corinthians 1, uh, it says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, 
that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. Uh, skipping on to verse 7, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly awaiting for, for the revelation of Christ Jesus our Lord. And these are huge statements. They're huge promises because it says that there's everything, this use of all things and every spiritual gift and every spiritual blessing. And sometimes, I, I know in my own personal life, I'm thinking like, Lord, how do I actually walk in that? How do I actually, how do I actually see that in my life on a day-to-day basis, on a, on a consistent and steady level? Because I don't know about you, but that's what I want. Like, I, 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 I don't want to just go through motions of life. I, I want to walk in that everything necessary, walk knowing that I have everything necessary um, that pertains to life and godliness. And if we look back at our text scripture, I'm having you flip all over the place, but towards the end, it's got the answer. Let's read verse 3 again. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory. Knowing God is the center of walking in that everything necessary, everything, everything good and beneficial, the, the power of God, accessing the power of God. The key is just knowing him. And that's what we, we, we're going to focus on today is knowing God. Amen. And, um, you know, what's interesting, and, and like Andrew was saying before, whenever God says every in all things, we're talking about as wide, as vast, as deep, as high as God himself. Mm. And he's endless to discover. And so and what's interesting is Jesus gave uh, a very interesting definition of eternal life. Because I don't know about you, when I think of eternal life, I think of, okay, you die and then you go to heaven, and then that's eternal life. Have you ever thought that? That's your definition of eternal life. And so Jesus gives us an outline, and it's in John 17, 3. And he's praying to the Father right before he goes to the cross to die for each and every one of you in here. And he prays this, and he says this. This is eternal life. Can we say that? This is, this is eternal life. Eternal life. To know you. To know you. The only true and real God. Mm. And to know him, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Mm. And how many of you know God's eternal? Mm. He's an eternal God. And Jesus gave another definition of who he is in a different passage of, passage of Scripture. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and what's the third thing? The life. And he's eternal. So to know him is to know the living, breathing, eternal life with a capital L. Isn't that good? Amen. That's his definition of eternal life. And that's not something when we get to heaven and then we see him face to face. No, it is here on the earth. Aren't you glad about that? And so I remember uh, Andrew and I, well, we've been married now. Yesterday. Oh, <laughs> We're fresh. We're babies in marriage. No, we really are. We've only been married a, a year. year and three months. 
And so, yeah, we're at the beginning, guys. <laughs> Feels like it was only last year. Oh, wow. It was last year. It was year. last year. And so, you know, but how, how many of you know, you know, when you get married, um, you, you learn things about that person, sometimes good and sometimes we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and what I've learned about Andrew is it's an ongoing process. But one of the things... Revelation. <laughs> Revelation knowledge, I tell you what, is uh, he doesn't like laundry at all. And, <laughs> and so I'll walk around the house and I'll find pants there, a shirt there, and I see where Sorry. he's migrated <laughs> throughout the house because I know his trail, and somehow he's still in clothes when I find him. <laughs> How does that work? And so anyways, you know, but that's what happens when you get to know people. You, and, but aren't you glad God never has dirty laundry lying around when you get to know him? Yeah. He doesn't. There's, he's not hiding any dirty laundry. Amen. You know, he gets more and more glorious the more we get to know him. Not saying you're not. I, you're a gift, but... Me too. I get more glorious the more you know him. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> Anyways. I think about the one thing I, I've learned about Kenzie. No. <laughs> okay. Woohoo! Now... The heat's up. Is... Uh, one of the things, careful. It, 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 the funny thing about knowing someone is you know what they value and you know where their priorities are. And so I'll walk, I'll walk into the bathroom and all of a sudden it's like, oh, something's different here. And then I'll, I'll count the skin creams and the skin lotions and it's like, there's four more here than there was last time. It's like, and, and then uh, I'll, I'll walk out into the kitchen and I'll see another bunch of like, you know, uh, vitamins and tablets and oh, this powder does this and like, there's about 10 more than yesterday. <laughs> and so uh, uh, you, you get to know what they value and uh, when, when, you, when you know someone. He exaggerated. Another thing, uh, another thing I, I, I like really saw, and this was like really confronting in, in the first, uh, first early days of our marriage was um, she might look all nice and, and, and sweet, <laughs> Uh, it, it's good. It's good. I'm not one of those husbands. I'm not like I'm not like you guys, man. No, but uh, when it comes to when it comes to negotiating, she's like a pit bull. Like I actually call her the bulldog, because uh, I look like one, don't I? There was there was one time I, I got I got asked into a, like a funny situation with um it was like a phone company or something internet yeah internet, and so I'm I'm calling them and we decided oh we have to cancel like they're, they're not. They're not holding up their end because they promised us this and we're getting this. And so I'm talking on the phone and like, oh, no, but you signed and you said all this. And when you enter into that 24-month contract, it's 24 months, man. It's not two days or whatever, how many days we were on it for. And I was like, oh. And then they put me on hold. And I was on hold for, I was on the phone for a good three hours and stuff. True story. Three hours, probably. Kenzie comes, give me the phone. She walks into the room and closes the door behind. I'm like, Okay. She walks out five minutes later that we, we're getting our money back and everything. I'm like, what did you say? <laughs> Is he still alive? Or did you like... <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she's, she's, the, she's the fierce one when it comes to our, our household business. So I love you, sweetie. Praise, praise the Lord. 
Um, so <laughs> things you get to know. Just That's right. Things you get to know. And so God created relationships. And, you know, as you've been seeing, obviously, we have a relationship. And God actually originated relationships. Mm -hmm. He himself is relational. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He created relationships. And he created man to fellowship with. And so we want to more dive into what isn't knowing God and what is knowing God. Like, I mean, I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> but you will know by the end of, the, <laughs> by the end of the, uh, this message. Amen. Um, and so the first thing is what knowing God isn't. We're going to dive into what it isn't. And it's not religion or religious thinking. And um, the religion I'm talking about is a set of rules and a system of actions and works that you have to do X, Y, and Z, then you can be presentable to God. I'm, I'm talking about that kind of religion. And what's interesting is a group of people, who you all probably know very well, um, they basically gave Jesus 100% of his issues, <laughs> his challenges. And I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because they're sad, you see? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> learn that in kids' church. Great. Um, so we want to go into Matthew 23. And um, in Matthew 23, uh, this chapter, Jesus probably gives the strongest correction to the Pharisees. And he, he loves them. He just doesn't like their religion. And um, this is what he says. So he gives them seven woes. And this is one of the woes I want to highlight. In verse 25, you can pull that up now. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. How would you like to be called a hypocrite? By Jesus. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. What a picture that is. What's interesting, when it comes to religion and what the Pharisees were doing is they would stand in front of the synagogue and pray like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> pray and lament. And then the next minute, they're taking your money. <laughs> and religion, it's so surface. It's so surface. And it's all about self-indulgence and feeding your ego and feeding your sense of, I did all this, so look at me. Mm. And it neglects feeding the people of God. That's religion. And religion actually blinds people to the truth. We're talking about people who were facing Jesus in the flesh. And they still didn't see him. And here is their savior, their Messiah. And um, in John 5, verse 39, again, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees, he addressed them quite a lot. <laughs> and he says this, 
you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And remember our definition of eternal life earlier. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Can't you just hear the cry of his heart? He's crying out. You're studying these scriptures, yet they're pointing to me, your Savior, the one who loves you more than anyone else. And I don't know about you, but um, have you ever gone to have like your morning devotion or you're studying the Bible and you go to start studying and it's almost like you're studying for an exam. <laughs> and literally, you're just, okay, I'm trying to get this amazing something. And it's all in your own strength. Have you ever done that before? Yes. And it's not rich. It's, it's dead. Because religion's dead. And we cannot ex God out of the picture. That's and that's what Jesus was saying here. You're searching the scriptures but you're neglecting the very one who spoke them in the first place. That's right. How amazing. And um, again, it becomes all about works and what we're doing and how good we can be. And again, that gives the room for condemnation to come in. Because mm. if you do something right, you suddenly have confidence to stand before God and people. If you do something wrong, Oh, man, you want to hide it out of shame. That's what religion does. Aren't you thankful it's not about that? Yeah. I just want to paint a picture of how awful it is so we can really get this. Do you want to get it? Yeah. I know you do. That's why you're here. Yeah. So, um, again, in saying all that, God does care about what we do. But can we go deeper to the inside of the cup? Not just the exterior, but let's go a bit deeper to a heart level. Because have you ever done something or said something that was the right thing to say, but your heart wasn't in it? Mm -hmm. yeah. We can have our hearts involved. Because the gospel is for our heart, not our heads, not to just behave, you know, behavior changes. From the inside out, that's how the gospel works. That's how Jesus works. And so, again, religion's based on you, and it's not based on him. Praise mm -hmm. God. Another thing that, um, still keeping on what, relig uh, what knowing him isn't, another thing that we can get uh, caught up in, and I know this is one of the things that I, I personally got caught up, uh, caught up in, was thinking that my service was a good substitute for knowing God. And uh, don't get me wrong, service is holy and it's right. But when, if, you, if, you, if you think that serving God makes up for, for your, your, the whole of your relationship, then I'm sorry, my friend, it, it's mistaken. And you'll find yourself really spiritually bankrupt. Um, I, in, in my own personal life, like what Kenzie was saying, you can say all the right things and, and you can do all the right things and, and you think you, you're meaning well. And I, I, was, uh, I was leading worship for a while and I was, so sometimes when you've got other priorities going on in, um, in life, there are, there's only so far that you can go with God. And 
while I was, while I was leading worship and stuff or being part of the worship team and serving, um, I, I knew that there, was a, that, like, there wasn't a heart connection. Like it, it, it was more things done by familiarity having grown up in church and you see a lot of things happen and you sort of know how, how to, to flow and praise God for his grace that he can like grace your serving because he cares about you. That's why he'd use me anyway. But when you actually put the knowledge of him behind that service, oh man, hallelujah, that is what transforms it. It's, there's power and there's grit and there's traction and it's backed because you know in whom you believe and you know who you're singing about. And uh, for me, that change came a few years ago. Uh, I think it, it, the change really started like mid-2015. But um, yeah, it came when, when, when my uni, uh, when I had to stop uni because I, I, there was something that I hadn't done right in my practical. And um, yeah, I, I wasn't able to continue in my course. And... Uh, I was like, okay, God, what do I do now? Like, I, I just met Kenzie. I was wondering what's going to happen with my life. You know, I thought I was moving into this way of uh, teaching and, and school teaching, but it's like all of a sudden I fall flat on my face and and I had no idea where to go. And you know, praise God for a wife like Kenzie. Uh, like, um, she was always encouraging me, not nagging, but encouraging me. It sounded like nagging to me at the time, but I, when I think back, I'm actually pretty thankful. Like, it wasn't. So uh, she was actually encouraging me to go to Bible college, and you know, I thought about it, and I was like, well, I got nothing better to do. That's my, that was my attitude. Can you believe it? Like, oh, Andrew, you're not supposed to say that. No, but that was really my attitude. Like, I'll, I'll go to Bible college, fine. Really, that was God's plan for my life the whole time, and I didn't know it until I got to know him, spend time in his word, and what it did to my service. Oh, man. When you know God, when you spend time with him, when his word gets so deep in your heart and it just comes out, not by reflex, not by what you heard three years ago, not how you heard your previous leader lead worship, but when you heard the Holy Spirit and his voice come out, this well starts coming out. Jesus said that he who comes and drinks from me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And if you want the rivers of living water in your service, come and drink. Come spend time with him. Come talk to him. Amen. And I, I so saw that in my own life. It changed my service. So serve, ser, knowing him and serving him, then it's, it's not, serving him isn't a substitute for knowing him. It strengthens your knowledge of him, but it can't be the be-all and end-all. That's so right. It, it's kind of like um, if here I, I cook for Andrew, he eats it, and that's it. That's the extent of our relationship. Oh, I man. provide him a, a service. And that's it. Uh, we don't want that. No. And um, I want to look at Paul, actually. He, uh, as many of you know, he was a religious fanatic. He was the Pharisee of all Pharisees, the poster child of <laughs> Pharisees, okay? Um, so much so, he was persecuting the very people of God and murdering them. And anyways, he got gloriously saved. Aren't you thankful for God's <laughs> plan of redemption? And um, so what, 
ended up fueling Paul's life after he did give his life to the Lord. Um, and it's interesting because he did great exploits of faith. I mean, he started churches, miracles. He endured shipwreck, beating, all these things. And somehow he was just stronger than ever. And so what fueled it? And um, we find it in Philippians 3. And um, verse 7. And I so recommend reading this chapter to yourself ten times over until you get it in your heart. It's my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And um, to give context, he's uh, speaking to the church of Philippi. And um, he's, he's talking about um, if any man has any reason to boast, well, I have more. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's listing all his credentials. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised when I was eight days old, uh, a Pharisee. When it came to the law, I was blameless. And he's listing all these different things that in the natural would qualify him. And he was listing his very own umpire, really, that he built. And he says this in verse 7. But all those former things that I had might have been gains to me. Because, again, religion serves yourself. They might have been gains to me. But I've come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. And he keeps going. He goes a step further. And he says, yes, furthermore. And this is in the Amplified, the Woman's Bible. I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth than all of those other things in supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not anyone else's Lord, his Lord. And of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything. And consider it all to be mere rubbish in order that I may win and gain Christ. Amazing. And what's interesting is that word um, rubbish there, uh, it actually means dung. <laughs> you thought you'd never hear that word in church, would you? It, in, in the Greek. And how many of you know dung's worthless? You don't want anything to do with it. Stinky. It stinks. It just does not compare. And he's like, if you were to put everything that I had, everything that gave me qualifications, all the praises of men, everything that I built for myself, if you weighed that up in comparison, it actually doesn't even compare to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And then he goes on and he takes a step further. And so what was his purpose? Because a lot of times we all want to do great things for God. We do. Like, God, use me. That could be our heart's prayer. But this wasn't his. This is his purpose. In verse 10, for my determined purpose. Can we say that? And just lay hands on yourself and say, for my determined purpose. For my determined purpose. Is that I may know him. Is that I may know and I'll keep reading, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, 
perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. Can we say that? The wonders of his person. The wonders of his person. Wow. More strongly, more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. Wow. Out of everything he wanted in life, he wanted to know God. He wanted to know what's valuable to him, what he considers important, the, his thoughts, his ways. And you know what's interesting? Is out of knowing God and you're just walking with him, lives are just impacted. That's right. It's just a byproduct of knowing God. When people meet you, you they're, it's like they're meeting God in the flesh. That's right. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. Oh my goodness. We're the point of contact for the world, for people to see the invisible God. That's right. Because we're what's visible. And so... Our determined purpose is to know him. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So what, what knowing God is, let's move on to what it is. And it can be summed down to one word, and it's relationship. We touched on it a little before, but let's go, let's go into that. And what does that mean? In 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And many times when we, when we hear the word call, we can think of our gifts, our talents, our, our passions, and what we do and what we're going to do for God. But to remember that we're first called into fellowship. He, he doesn't just want to abuse you for, your, for the gift that he placed in you. That's not our God. He wants fellowship with you. He wants to get to know you. To think the, the one that created time itself wants to spend time with you. It's powerful. The one, and he even, he even organizes our day where we can rise up and go to sleep and each day is an opportunity just to spend time with him, just to build that relationship with him, to spend time in his word, to see what it says, to see his thoughts, to talk with him, converse, him, converse with him and tell him what you're go, what's going on in your day, lifting it up to him in prayer. And, and that, that's what relationship is. It's just, just being with him, talking with him, and he wants that for each and every one of us. Um, Kenzie and I were on a walk, and, and we're looking at the moon and, and the trees around us, and we're thinking, like, God is so great and magnificent, but yet he wants to be God of, this, of the small as well. He wants to be your God personally and, and, and to, kn to know you. He wants to know you. Even though he's om omniscient, he doesn't want to know you by his omniscience. He wants to know you out of personal relationship. You know, that personal relationship was so important to him, it was worth dying for. Yeah, that's right. Time with you was worth dying for. You might not have ever experienced that in a human relationship where people don't have time for you. But there is a God who thought it worth dying for to spend time with you and in you. That's the, that's the magnitude of this relationship which he has called us to. Divine fellowship with the Son of God. Bless the name of the Lord. You know what's interesting is whenever uh, Andrew was uh, sharing, uh, he is, he's the God of detail. And he knows every hair on your head. That says any more than enough, you know. And anyways, 
I remember one time I was washing the dishes and I'm just doing the washing up and uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and he says, do you know why you like to wash the dishes or cook, cook? And, uh, he's, and I said, no, why do I like to cook? And he says, it's because it's an expression of your creativity. I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> and I, it just, I was astounded. And now it's like, every time I cry, you know, salty tears just salt the food. And, <laughs> you know, like, it just becomes, it's like so intimate. You're just like, I'm so loved, you yeah. know? And um, it's just amazing. Sure. That's our God. And I find the more I get to know him and the more I'm with him, it's interesting looking at the life of Jesus. And when people would come to him with questions, he often wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, this is the answer. Often he would interact and have a question in response. And even though he knows everything, the more I'm knowing him and walking with him, it's almost like I sense his wonder about me. As if he doesn't know anything about me and as if he just found that thing out about me for the first time, even though he was the very one who made me. You just begin to know how special you are. Isn't that incredible? That's right. The God who created everything and yet he acts like you're just this newborn child and he just watches you in amazement. And so, how do we know God on a very practical level? How do we know him? And um, I feel like this is the most preached way and taught way, but it's maybe the most underused way. And it's to know him through his word. Know him through the word of God. And just like we were saying how Jesus is like, study the scriptures with God, not just the scriptures themselves, it came from the mouth of God first. And so you get to know God through what he said, and he holds his very word above his very name. Right. If it's that important to him, wow. And his word is so many things to us. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Our, his word is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And his word is so many other things because it's him. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word is alive because Jesus is alive. And so in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said this about the word. He said, and he was speaking to the devil. He said this, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so this leads us uh, into the second point of how do we know God? Because the word is an awesome foundation for prayer amazing. Um, and with prayer, Jesus had another amazing statement in truth about prayer in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Isn't that amazing? Can't you just hear the intimacy in his voice? He's talking about our private prayer life. He's like, shut the door behind you. 
Shut the distractions. I have things to say to you. I do want that time with you, like Andrew was saying. Mm. Praise God. And, uh, and, and the third way, and these are, these, aren't, these are just the four simple ones. It's really easy, easy steps, easy things that, that everyone can find time for. And uh, the third one of, of these ways we can get to know God more is through our worship, through worshiping him. And for me, um, my main expression of worship is through singing, through my voice and lifting up my voice. And praise the Lord, like, you know, he really lowered the criteria. Like, first he says, make a joyful noise so it doesn't have to be, you know, co- cohesive. No melody no or melody. pitch is needed. But then he, he lowers it even further and says, okay, if you have breath, praise the Lord. You know, come on, so, <laughs> so you have to have at least breath, right? And just, because he, he loves to hear the sound of your voice. He loves to hear the expression of your heart. Even if you don't like singing, he loves to see you use the creativity that he placed in you. If you, if you sculpt, if you know how to do bookkeeping, if, you know, if you're really good at details and, and, and offering up those things as worship unto him, you'll, you, you, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be surprised at what, what can be lifted up as worship unto God. We can, we can even offer our bodies as living sacrifices. I didn't realize how much I like to dance until I, I didn't have a guitar in front of me today in worship. I actually really like to get my hands in on it. So just please, people, look away. Shut the door behind you. He, this is a side note, he outdanced me at our wedding. Oh, did I? <laughs> I looked pathetic next to him. So you can dance more than you think. <laughs> Thank you. Just in comparison to what? Oh, praise God. So our personal worship, he loves it. He loves he loves your, hearing your expression. He, he wants to hear what's on your heart being lifted up, your gifts, your talents lifted up. Even through our tithes, as David was sharing, is a good uh, way of showing our love and our worship for him. And in doing so, we're finding out more about him as we remind ourselves of the things he's done, praising him for what he's done. That character just gets so um, solidified in, 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 our, in our understanding, in our uh, in our own minds when we remind ourselves of what he's done. And another way that we get to know Jesus more is by his body, by fellowshipping with one another and seeing Christ in a person, especially, uh, and, and, and we, we have such a great church. Like, I'm so thankful that we have such accurate images of God around us. We hear such good word and we get filled with, with uh, yeah, such good spiritual food here that, you know, I'm so thankful for this church family because, you know, yeah, it, just to see God and the fullness of, his, uh, of who he is revealed in through different ones, that we can actually be partakers of his divine nature, and we get to know God by what we experience in his very own body. And uh, fellowship is, uh, with, with the body of Christ is one of those ways that we can know him more. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, I was thinking about just to, to contrast what knowing God isn't and what it is. Um, a really great picture of that is the story of Mary and Martha, actually. And um, I remember, because uh, I'm, I'm quite a hard worker naturally, so sometimes that can get into perfection and works. And the Lord really ministered this to my heart, to really set me free from that, because the truth makes us free. And um, remember, it's interesting, because Martha, Mary, here's the scene. 
Martha opens her home to Jesus and, and invites him over. And uh, she starts getting very, very worried and distracted with readying everything to make it look perfect and neat. Doesn't that sound a lot like religion? Let me do all these different things. Let me perfect myself. And then I can come to Jesus. Whereas her sister Mary, she just threw herself at his feet and just listened to him and just received. In the new covenant, it's not under the law. It's by faith, believing in him and just receiving and then walking that out in faith. And so can we come to Jesus today just like Mary just laid herself down so comfortably and effortlessly. She didn't have to put anything on in front of him. Because, you know, you're already clothed in his righteousness. And we just come. And so I want to open up an invitation. Yeah, worship team, you can come up. If two invitations. One is if you've never actually even known God at all. And maybe you're just now hearing about how personal he is. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for you to ask him and invite him into your life. And the second one is you just want to know him more. You just are refreshing in your relationship with him, are heating it up with him. It's not hard. And so can we do that today? Okay. So bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. I thank you for sending your son Jesus. Because of your great love for me. Because of your great love for me. Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that he died. Went to hell for me. Went to hell. And rose again for me. Rose again for me. Because you're personal. Because you're personal. And you've wanted me. All of me. And so Jesus, I give all of me to you. I call you my Lord. I ask you to come into my life and I love you back in Jesus name amen so every head bowed and eye closed that was the first time you have ever said that prayer can you just slip your hand up between you and God and just Andrew and I up here would you mind slipping your hand up and saying I made that decision praise God praise Lord I see you I'll find you after service Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. You can look up here. Um, we'll go out with song. I've got a song. Yeah. Staring in my heart. Mm, I've just got some words staring in my heart. Could you play louder? Thank you, Jesus.
But I so desire to spend time with you To surround you with my loving arms Come away with me Come away with me that all men be saved and come to the full knowledge, the full knowledge of the truth. And so I thank you, Lord, for each person here. And how ex- I, th- I thank you for how accessible you made that truth, that it's so easy to step into a relationship with you, and no matter what level, how long we've walked with you or how long we haven't, that we can come and spend time with you that you have called us into fellowship with your son, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that your arms are ever open wide. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at random.org.au.